0: Um, so uh, someone was telling me last week that uh, your sound was much stronger on the episode. Did you notice that?
1: I did. Yeah, I actually think the particular sock that I have wrapped the microphone <laughs> in last week, and I've I've done it again this time. It's a thick green, thick green woolly sock that my dad bought for me when we were in Poland. It was snowing, and uh, it was very cold, and he bought me a thick pair of woolly socks, and that's what I have now. So. I think whatever filtering properties it has, crystal clear.
0: So does that mean you can put the microphone closer to your mouth? Because I think that's what I was hearing. The mic was a little bit closer to your mouth.
1: I think it's primarily to do with the sock.
0: (laughs) 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 That's very nice. I like that. Uh, I use a a proper filter on mine. And uh, and actually, then um, the person who was telling me that your sound was a lot better said that Pre- on previous weeks it felt a little bit like it was the Killian show uh, with Mark as the uh, contributor but then in the mm. last show it was very much the Mark show with Killian as a contributor which I thought was I, I think really? that's nice that it's flipping back and forth but mainly it's down to whoever has more volume in their microphone
1: <laughs> oh really <laughs> so
0: whoever's closer yeah <laughs> uh,
1: we just need to get it as the Killian and Mark show I guess
0: yeah, yeah, we'll get there eventually. Um, but anyway, just wanted to say this week, uh, the MK Ultra film uh, will be a short episode because I am away in Tuscany cycling down the coast of Spain this week and I haven't had the chance to watch any films and I'm not sacrificing my nice holiday for the sake of a podcast. So we're going to do a short episode this week. Isn't that right, Mark?
1: Mm. That's right. When, when are you setting off?
0: I'm leaving on Sunday.
1: Very stressful. Oh, wow. Yeah. And are you are you bringing the bike? Like, you're just going to assemble the bike in the airport and get going, or how's that going to go?
0: Yeah, we have to put them in bike boxes. Do you know what bike boxes are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that people talk about bike boxes as if, as if they're some sort of special thing And then you're like, oh, bike box, a bike box. And then you get them and they're literally just a cardboard, a large cardboard box. And you put the bike Mm -hmm. inside of it. And then they stick them on the plate. So they're not anything special.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, yeah. It's like, oh, I have to get a bike box. (laughs) No. Because you imagine this kind of like protective, like, (laughs) I don't know, Shell that goes around your bike but no it's literally just a cardboard box
0: yeah it's a cardboard box and your bike's banging around in it so um yeah. I have two of those in the garage there and I'm currently putting myself and Anna's bikes into it and then uh, we have to drive them to the airport and then get, stick them on a plane and then uh, we'll go to Italy and then we'll reassemble them in the airport so it's a bit of stress but it, at the end of the day I'm only paying 50 quid and I'll have my bike in another country so looking forward to it Mm-
1: that's going to be, man, that assembly is going to be... Like, I get stressed enough assembling the bike in my own house. I'd say assembling it in the airport is going to be stressful.
0: Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> if I don't assemble it, I'm essentially stuck in a different country with a useless bike that I have to carry around. So it's a lot of stress. <laughs> a giant box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Huge box with a bike inside of it.
1: So it's a lot of stress. Have you done that before? Like, brought the bike box on the plane and stuff?
0: I did. I did it in America when I was moving over to America to see you. That's. Do you not remember? I arrived with a bike box.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I arrived in a bike
0: box. Um, It's horrible. I said I arrived in a bike box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Posted myself over. Smuggled yourself It's horrible when you like Take so much time and care Putting your bike Like Wrapping it all up And then when you The bike comes out the other end It's like Your handlebars are like Hanging out of the hole like It's all The bike It's like hanging together
0: what have you done You can see them Putting them on the plane And those lads are just Like throwing them They're just throwing The stuff around Bike's rattling Mm. around but um, unfortunately, this is not a bike podcast show. Maybe we have... No. Uh, we have got enough content to do something like that. But this is a film review show. And this week, we have a few films we want to review. Not a lot, but some. Um, what is the first film we want to review?
1: Uh, the first film... Well, should I just say quickly, like, I, you know... I, yeah. I watched a few... I, I kind of tried to watch a few... I started watching what we've been calling Dark Web, but is actually called... What is it called? Deep? The... the the Great Hack, <laughs> the Great Hack,
0: otherwise known as Dark uh, Web,
1: <laughs> Dark Deep web, Deep Hack. Um, started watching that. Didn't send you voice message. Didn't finish it. So I was just like, oh, whatever. Cambridge Analytica. You know, Russia. They hacked the elections. Yeah. Did you know that?
0: Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows yeah, that.
1: Cambridge Analytica did something on yeah. Facebook. Mm-hmm. Then don't watch it. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> Have you? <laughs> That's all the I information also, they f- give you in the film. Literally it's just like headline level information for like an hour and then some crazy visuals and then they interview some a girl called Brittany Kaiser and it's kind of interesting, but after a while I was like, oh I also started watching a film called Oh, I can't remember what it's called, but it was starring Sandra Bullock and she's a hacker and it's set in the in the um I guess late nineties and she accidentally hacks into the FBI mainframe and can see the 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 health records of the Secretary of State and then people find out she's seen them and they're like hunting her down and stuff. Oh, Jesus. But it was, um... It was really... I thought it would be funny but it was... It wasn't funny. Oh, God. It was really bad. So I didn't send you a voice message. Did you see any... any?
0: I did, yeah. I saw two films. I saw one film called Churchill which was... A, uh, is it... Was it called Churchill? Maybe it was called Darkest Hour and it was about... Winston? Uh Winston Churchill, uh, old Winnie and his, um... Time during the D-Day landings and basically what happened was uh, sort of power was wrestled off Churchill in this moment and it was, I think um, most Irish people are kind of programmed to dislike, uh, you know, British politicians and sort of great British historical figures. It's something very deep within us, I think, that automatically pits you against uh, them as the hero in a film but this film, regardless of that, was terrible really really awful like uh, it just I don't know Churchill was a dodgy guy and sure maybe his record on the war was good or something like that but generally just really awful like he just keeps giving speeches and nothing happens and it's the same scene over and over again it was really really awful so I didn't send a voice message for that one and then I also saw a film uh, with uh, Richard Greer in it and I mean god what's Who's the most famous American female actress from the nineties? Really beautiful, it was in a whole string of films. Um, oh, it was it Pretty Woman? In Pretty Woman, what's her name? Judy. I mean, she's the most famous person. I just can't remember her name. Judy Dench. Sorry. <laughs> Judy Dench. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> no, her name is Julie. Andrews? No,
1: Juliette. Julia Roberts. Julia Roberts. Bingo. I couldn't. Man, the film you're talking about is Pretty Woman. Richard Gere and Julia Roberts.
0: No, no, it's not that. It can't be. No, it's not Pretty Woman. It's a film with Richard Gere and uh, Julia Roberts, and she's been uh, people. She's not gone, gotten married like three or four times. And she uh, lives in a small town in America and he's this New York journalist and he comes out to interview her because she's um, ran away from the altar several times and it is pure garbage. And maybe in the same (coughs) way that the Sandra Bullock film that you saw, you thought that it might be a bit of fun in the garbage-ness of it, but it was not fun in the garbage-ness of it. It was really, really bad and very bad acting from, I thought uh, maybe Julie Roberts was quite a good actor, like. She could act well, maybe, but she was really bad as well. Um,
1: Richard Gere's fu- handsome. Funny, uh, oh god, he's gorgeous. <laughs> 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 he a funny Richard Gere thing. I have. Uh, I, fl- I flew to San Francisco via Switzerland, and it was on a Swiss Air flight. And the films on the plane, obviously, these long haul flights have like tons of films. And they're categorised into you know typical action, thriller, horror. And Richard Gere, they had that a section was a tax- amongst that was a all the. Section. <laughs> <laughs> they That's had a section, a section amongst all the. Yeah, someone like at Swiss Air obviously got a deal on like Richard Gere's <laughs> filmography, and just like was like, yeah, go go for it, buy them all.
0: I guess that means that there must be as many people thinking, oh, I really feel like a comedy. The amount of people who feel like that also go, hmm, I really feel like just something with Richard Gere in it. I mean, not like <laughs> any any genre, just with his face. Yeah, I can't I can't put my finger on it, but definitely Richard Gere. He's a nice soft film. face that it's nice to look at. It's yeah. just sort
1: of soft and pleasant. And he's kind of like he's he's like kind of like I don't know. Is he he stars in kind of weird sexist yeah. sexist plot films? But I you're still like, ah, he's nice.
0: <laughs> there was also a moment where uh, he was in the house with Julia Roberts at the end where she obviously is like come back to them and they're getting together and um and I know he was in Dirty Dancing, right? No, he wasn't in Dirty Dancing. But there was a part where I thought he was just going to do the Dirty Dancing thing with her because I was like there's so many clichés in this fucking film. Uh, They've done all the cliches Like literally riding on horses together Running to each other in, a, in a, On a like field of rose petals And stuff like that And I was like He's gonna do the Dirty Dancing with her Because it, that's just the next part Of this cliche written piece mm. of garbage
1: The logical next step Dirty Dancing Um, come here I did watch a good film though That I did send you a okay. review of And that film was called Shoplifters Oh, Which yes. maybe, maybe we're a bit late on it, but I, I don't know, like it kind of just breezed through the cinemas here and yeah, last year's didn't Pandora, have time to right? watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, yeah, I did send you a voice message about that and here it is. Hey man, I just watched Shoplifters. Um, I don't know the name of any of the directors or any of the actors in it, but fucking hell, it was very, very good. Really nice looking, really good acting, just really nice. uh, Oh, so emotional. Like some real happy parts, some like very sad parts, some funny parts, and just like, oh, it's actually very similar in a lot of ways to the Florida project. Um, It's like a family in Japan kind of living, as you described, kind of outside the normal. Boundaries of society and they're kind of living their own life You know Committing crimes and stuff to get by but they're still like a very tight close family who all love each other and it's just about them uh, Yeah, just some stuff that happens to them But fucking hell. It's really it's amazing like I I think you would really like it and there's some real interesting like The way the story is told and the way it unfolds in parts like there's bits where like there's bits where I was like, oh i don't think i understand this or i think i missed something i actually rewinded one bit because i was like i think i missed something there and then the way it finally explains it in the end i was like whoa like the way they did it is really cool um like everything is kind of resolved by the end of it but as it goes on you're like whoa, 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 i don't understand what's going on here but uh yeah definitely watch it it was sad though fucking hell oh, feeling very uh emotional as soon as it ended me and are just kind of sat there in silence for a bit just kind of like fuck. but uh yeah definitely check it out definitely worthy of winning the the palm door yeah my sentiments haven't really changed at all like the, i just thought it was like a really nice movie looked really nice um interesting like it, it was interesting as well like it was set in japan but like i think sometimes when films are set in japan people expect there to be some crazy element to them or something you know what i mean like anime films (laughs) are usually kind of crazy or out there like i I guess i don't know a lot of yeah like but it's not it's just like a normal story but it just happens to be set in japan um And yeah, it's just about this family, as I said, and and they're trying to to live their lives in the best way they can, but they're kind of living outside of society. But a thing that I thought about, which is interesting, the way I described that the story, it's kind of the way it reveals certain elements to you kind of later on is interesting because you don't actually know the relationship of all the people to each other. You know that, like, for example, it's revealed at the very start that the kind of son character doesn't call the father character dad and he's like when are you gonna call me dad and he's like oh i can't yet so you know that you know that they're not conventionally together and yeah maybe there's a blood relation maybe there isn't you don't really know but it's it really shows that they all love each other and they're all extremely close so it kind of mm-hmm. doesn't matter so i think maybe there's like a i think maybe there's kind of a message of like is blood relation the most important thing or yeah 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 is, Time spent together and experience together a more important thing to 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 value and kind of brings up stuff like that and
0: that's nice. Yeah, it's just
1: really nice. But then also, there's parts of like people looking after themselves and like maybe people a kind of mutual. It, they're all very close, but there's a mutual kind of we're going to look after ourselves at the same time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's really deep like there's a lot of relationships and interrelationships and story and stuff going on that i I was really like whoa this is like really really good
0: i like i like that i also like that um you said you felt maybe it just felt like you weren't spoon-fed the film and that you had to sometimes be left on your own and then finally by the end they give you enough in the film to figure it all out sometimes Mm -hmm. films just assume that everyone is an idiot um so is that and they sort of spoon-feed you the plot and spoon-feed you all the ideas and um, the metaphors and all that kind of stuff. But some directors, and I really like when they do it, just realize that people can figure shit out themselves, you know? And if you Mm -hmm. have a scene with this guy over here talking about this thing, and then 90 minutes later have another person talking about the same thing, like, we can figure out that those two things are linked, and we don't Mm. need that much uh there's a really good iranian director i forgot his name i think it's i can't no i'm not going to try to say his name but um but he did a (laughs) film called a separation which i think also won the Palme d'Or. but i think it was in 2013 and he also has this multi-level kind of storytelling where you're sort of sometimes watching it going wait what's going on here do i even know what's going on and you think you've lost the plot and then by the end of it you realize ah no okay it was just kind of a bit more complex than i thought it was but you get you mm. get there in the end
1: yeah and it's it's also like interesting and cool to watch a film where you're like questions come up not necessarily related to the plot but just related to the characters and stuff and you're like oh wait i wonder how they met or i wonder you know there's constantly new questions coming up oh i wonder how they know each other or i wonder what happened there and these questions keep coming up and then they in trickle in dribs and drabs they get answered for you. But like it's it's kind of done in a way that you yourself come up with the questions and yeah. then it provides the answer. It's it's really well put together and just yeah. Really cool.
0: It reminds me of almost well not like this film specifically, but that whole idea of working things out yourself reminds me of when I was watching a silent film. I had to watch a silent film once. And you realize that the only dialogue, you know they put up a dialogue card when something important has happened. For the most part, we can figure out that sort of what's going on just by looking at the people moving around in the screen. And you mm. can sort of figure everything out. Like you see a guy and a woman walking into the... And they've got hand in hand and they look like a husband and wife. Oh, they're probably husband and wife. You see them sort of waving their hands at each other looking angry. Oh, they're probably angry. Do we need to know why they're angry? Not really. If something important's happened, they'll give us like a screen card. And I kind of see that... Mm. An extension of that is that, you know, we don't need to be spoon-fed every little piece of information. We can sort of figure things out ourselves. We're intelligent and mm. I kinda like when you have to do that a bit. I think it adds an active viewer is better than someone who's sort of sitting back not really paying attention.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's it's good to be like thinking during it. Well, it depends. Not always. You know, yeah, that's sometimes true. it's not nice.
0: Yeah, I want to turn um, off the brain.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The uh the that should have been the case with the next one we're going to talk about but oh. brain should have been turned off but then it was switched back on against um, <laughs> against my will but here before before we move on uh, did th- that what you said there reminded me of did you see red turtle last year red turtle red turtle no what? it was an animated film no i didn't see about it. a guy like on a beach oh man no. you should check it out it's uh oh yeah it's yeah, got yeah, no yeah. talking I remember it it. At yeah
0: all. yeah yeah i remember it now
1: but no i didn't see it oh it's so it it's so weird. like it has no talking and that film it, i was a shit i don't know why but it made me cry so much <laughs> <laughs> i was in the cinema and i was just like oh like i was in bits it was really shameful i had to put my hood up and peg it out of the cinema as soon as it ended, I was like, oh fuck
0: I love when you're watching a film and uh you're crying and then like maybe someone might ask you or you might ask yourself why you're crying and you're just like, I don't know why. I don't know what yeah. it is that's making me cry. It's all yeah. of it.
1: Yeah, it's uh and you know like as well when you're like you have one or two tears and like you're like, All right, just one or two and then you're like, Oh no, here we go, there's more <laughs>
0: More where that came from. Um (laughs) yes,
1: yes. But um yeah. Red turtle good. More importantly, shoplifters, very good. I will check it out. More importantly,
0: (laughs) Oh yeah. Once upon
1: a time in Hollywood.
0: (laughs) Very, very, very well. I'll not finish that. I'll play the voice messages first. We got a voice message from our friend Cav. We're always looking for contributors to the show and we really appreciate Cav sending in his voice message for Once Upon a Time in, I think he says, fucking Hollywood. Um, so yeah, this is Cav's mm-hmm. review of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and our reviews after seeing it as well. We both went to see it this week. So uh just came out of uh, Once Upon a Time in fucking Hollywood there. And what I can only describe as the equivalent of like those Hawaiian shirts that are in pennies at the moment, where it's basically such uh, just a uh, uh, just such low quality and such a and and just a repeat of something that, but it just is such a shitter version than the original. Uh, just honestly, just a fucking steam and pile of absolute horseshit. Just so fucking lame. Is pathetic hey mark just out of the three hours that was well the near three hours that was once upon a time in hollywood and um i really i really don't want to not like that film as much as i don't like it but it was a real drastic disappointment of a film it ah, i just couldn't i couldn't get into it and i was trying and i was trying so many different ways of watching it but man that film it the it, first of all it only started about two hours into the movie like two hours into the movie it starts and you go oh okay the film has started and before that there's Joseph just kind of fumbling around there's just someone sort of fumbling around and things are kind of going oh here or there are we just getting to know these people what's going on maybe one or two nice scenes like there might have been one or two kind of scenes that were a little bit endearing, but then beyond that, zero narrative, it's such a it's so bad that that film is called Once Upon a Time because Once Upon a Time is something you use when you're about to tell a story. And the thing that was very noticeably absent from that film for the majority of it was any type of a story. Oh that's his worst film. By a good shot. By a very good shot. (laughs) That was
1: very poor. So, man, I just saw um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and fucking hell, man, I don't even know where to begin. That film was fucking shit. Like, oh. Man, like, do you remember we were talking about teenageriness? Like, him just making films for teenagers. It was, like, the epitome of teenager film, but boring. Like, not even, like, teenager action. Like, it was so, like, no... Nothing happened. It should be called Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not hardly anything happened. Like literally for like two. I was in it for two hours, and I took my phone out and checked the time, and I was like, well this has been on for two hours," and like I literally feel like the film hasn't fucking begun yet. Like it was. I was like, "What the fuck?" And there's just so many scenes, like just so much stuff about it piss me off, like fucking. Leonardo DiCaprio I feel like was really like overacting the whole time and like his character just kind of annoyed me and Brad Pitt was fine like he's just seen his usual Brad Pitt thing that's fine but like it just like so much like just so much I fucking can't I can't even say anything like it uh like an example like so a large portion of the film is just shots of movies that Rick Dalton Leonardo DiCaprio's character is in so like there's like he's in supposed supposedly he's in these like shitty western films. So like a good 20 minutes of the film is just the western film and it's not it's really boring and it's like intentionally to show that these films are like very shit and he doesn't like being in them. But like it's like a 20 minute long scene of him in this film and it's like I fucking get it. Like you could show me like 2 minutes of this and I get the picture and like this is fucking boring and the actual overall film that this is within is also fucking boring. Why are you showing me this shit? I don't want to fucking see this shit. Also, like, um, Margot Robbie's in it, and man, I feel like I feel like I could fucking like draw you a fucking map of Margot Robbie's face. I'm familiar with every fucking line and contour in that woman's face now. There's, her whole role in the film is just like close-ups of her face. I, like, I feel like if you handed me tense goals, I could identify. That's actually a bit dark, but. I but anyway, the, yeah, I could identify her skull if she. But uh, man, the film is not good. It's so little happens, and then when stuff finally does happen, the stuff that does happen is so over the top. Like I'm, I like, you know, I've seen violent stuff, but some of the violence in this, I was like, fuck me, man, that's fucked. Like, fucking hell. The, I really was like, ah, oh, it's just a bad movie.
0: <laughs> it's just. <laughs> a bad movie. That's it all is. it is.
1: I guess the first thing we should say is because uh wait, maybe we said this already, did we? That we're going to we're going to do a separate I feel like this film we both think this film requires a lot of discussion, so we're going to do a a separate spoilerific spoiler alert like 10 minutes or so just talking about the movie.
0: Yeah, I think that because this film had such a strong effect and I think Tarantino's a you know, an important filmmaker And someone I think we've both watched a lot of his films So we've decided to um, Talk about this film In a separate podcast For I don't know, we'll probably do 10 minutes Where there are spoilers So what we'll do now is just talk about it in general terms And then uh, if you like what we're talking about Just listen to the spoiler episode uh, That we'll release We'll release it at the same time as this, yeah? Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. cool
1: Um. But, yeah, go ahead
0: Well, just for me, I think First of all, I, I think I was getting—we were getting some stick from some of my friends and some listeners of the show for ragging on Tarantino too much, uh, mm. because he's a really popular filmmaker and his standard is really high. The films, mm-hmm. his standard of films is very high. I didn't want this film to be bad. I went into it and I was like, if this is a good Tarantino film, I'm going to be so happy because he, you know, he's made, you know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, you know, I love Jackie Brown. I thought, hopefully, it was actually really good. This is some great film. So if this was going to be good, it's going to be very good. And unfortunately, it was maybe some of the worst cinema I've seen in a long time The first two yeah. hours Of that film Were just an aimless Wandering Narrative absent You know Episodic dream letter To this Apparent 1960s Hollywood period I don't think it ever existed Except in Tarantino's mind And it's Nothing mm. happens For two hours yeah. And then two hours later The film starts And that's also crap
1: But that's, that's what I was thinking I was thinking to myself Like what parts What scenes in that movie Were relevant to the plot and I was like, that question doesn't even make sense because there was no plot. <laughs> like, yeah, the, it, it's just too, it just loads of stuff happens mm-hmm. and then it, another, even the bit, like loads of stuff happens and then I guess a more visually impactful thing happens and then it ends.
0: Yeah. And I, like... Yeah, I know. I just, I think that if, it's okay to have a film without a, a narrative per se. That's fine. Okay. But the the scenes have to contain something in them. The, none of those scenes contained even the vague idea of something interesting. It was so rare. I don't think, I mean with Tarantino's films when they're bad, they're usually like, uh, oh that was good but it was also kind of shit, I'm not going to watch it again. But it was mm-hmm. kind of entertaining in the moment. But this film was just so boring. Really slow and boring, you know? Yeah.
1: There were times where I actually took my glasses off in the cinema because I was like, I don't wanna I don't wanna look at this anymore. <laughs> I
0: as a rule take turn my phone off every time I watch a film. And this is like the first time I was actually like had my hand in my pocket and I was like, I gotta turn this fucking thing on. Yeah. It was, it was so and
1: long. <laughs> not, and not only were the scenes like some of the scenes so like just irrelevant, pointless things, but they were like individual scenes were really really long like yeah there's a bit where, where brad pitt just is just like putting food in his dog's bowl and that that's like that goes on <laughs> for ages it's just him he puts one kind of dog food in the bowl a bit of time passes he puts another tin in and it just goes on for so long
0: man he drives home brad pitt drives home from leonardo DiCaprio's house and it takes the whole time of him driving
1: home <laughs> It's I like what? That. He just I drives home, that. and I was yeah. like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and it's it's not he's not even doing cool driving. He, <laughs> like he's driving pretty fast, but like he just drives. He just drives home. I, ha- yeah. I I just to
0: not be totally. I think there was maybe one or two scenes that I liked. I think that that first of all Leonardo Di- DiCaprio, his acting. And maybe all the acting in the film was just really odd. I found it really odd. I think DiCaprio is a great actor. And there was like some scenes where I thought he was really strong. And then like whole periods where he was just awful. And I couldn't yeah. figure it out. Like, I thought he was... There were some scenes where I was like, holy shit, like, he's really a great actor. And then other scenes where I was like, is this a different character or something? And I mm-hmm. think that was because maybe in this film he had to play so many different roles because he was essentially playing an actor. But mm-hmm. I thought he was so inconsistent. And there was, like, one scene where he meets this young actor and she's... um, He's kind of, like, reading this book and the book there's is kind of a metaphor for him. And it's kind of a nice scene. I actually thought that was kind of a nice little scene there. But then, like within the context of the whole film, it kind of made zero sense that it was there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so even like the nice little uh, gems, there was like two gems in that film. Like I just, they were just irrelevant or something. It just, Mm. I don't know.
1: There were also times where I was like, oh, is he, he's drunk or is he drunk now? Or Maybe he's not drunk. Oh, he's hung over. I guess he's hung (laughs) over, but I don't know. Is he? I don't know. I didn't see him drinking. So I guess maybe he's, I don't know. Yeah, And like the, the distinction also sometimes between like the character he was playing like yeah. it would have been it would have been good if there was a more clear distinction between the c- leonardo dicaprio's character rick dalton yeah rick dalton acting and rick dalton being normal because yeah. sometimes like he behaved the same way in the western films as he did like in reality yeah. and not in a like not in a like Jeff Goldblum way where like you're like, oh, he's he behaves the same way, but it's clearly different, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it, it was just like, I don't understand.
0: But I even felt like the Rick Dalton, um, who was at his house in lots of scenes being an alcoholic, was different from the Rick Dalton on set who really wanted to be an actor was also different from the Rick Dalton who was having conversations. Like, he seemed like a different... I even... I remember watching... Like, in the very first scene where they're sort of pasted together, like, it's it's Rick Dalton in one scene, Rick Dalton in the other. I noticed, like, a huge difference in how uh, DiCaprio portrayed that character. I thought it was really, like... Really odd for someone who's a very yeah. good actor. But uh, that's... Not, but there's so much more that was bad about it than just Leonardo. I mean, I thought Margot Robbie's acting was just also... So bad. And she was given so much time on screen for essentially like a completely pointless
1: role that well, didn't I do anything. I, I don't know. I don't think it's fair to say that her acting was bad. Like she didn't have any lines.
0: That's true. She didn't say a single thing. No, there was like, there was, um, there's w- scenes when she was driving and she was kind of doing this weird airy fairy face. And it was really, uh, I was just like, but she like, who drives like that? It just felt me felt really like it was a performance. And I. I couldn't... I don't know. I couldn't relate to it. It felt like a plastic Mm. kind of caricature of what you thought someone in the 60s might be like.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was... And, like, it wasn't... If it was completely... Like, if everyone was like, whoa, psychedelic, man. If it was, like, really, like... Really exaggerated in that direction. But it wasn't enough that, like, you could behave that way and it wouldn't seem weird. You know?
0: And what did you think about the what did you think about and it's i don't know how to we can step around this without spoiling but what did you think about the fact that they take the uh, the n- narrative of sharon tate and polanski and and how he how he handled that that's not i don't think that's a spoiler because it's 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 within the first scene and it's in the trailer as well so we can say like what do you, how do you think he handled that i suppose and do you think there's a question like can he take something that's so close to home and use it in a film you know do you think that's allowed uh,
1: i mean yeah i don't know like because is it, it charles manson is kind of weird isn't it like he's a weird character in that like people like wear t-shirts of him and stuff and people think he's he's kind of like a pop culture icon even though he's a murderer yeah like people are like oh cool like 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 lots of rock bands and like Some, like, band album covers I know have Charles Mann Well, some band album covers I know have fucking sick shit on them. But,
0: like,
1: like, I just feel like he's more of a funny... He's become kind of, like, a funny character in popular culture. And people think it's okay to joke about it and stuff. But, like, he did actually, you know, murder people. So, in the context of any other murder, I think maybe it's, you know, weird. And still, you know... It should be the same with this one, but I feel like this is kind of a unique case because it was... Because of what he's become and because it was, like, celebrity... Yeah. So many celebrities are involved, it nearly feels like it's a fictional thing, even though it's not. But mm-hmm. because of that, I think... I don't think there's as much ethical issue. Yeah. there should be.
0: I think... Well, I just think, for me, that if you're handling something that's a real thing that happened to real people and it's, like, a horrific... It's such a horrific thing what happened. Like, it can't be... Uh, emphasized enough how horrific uh, the thing that happened was, and if you're dealing with something of such a you know gravitas that really happened, it, you kind of need some delicacy, and you kind of need some some like I don't know thoughtful uh, filmmaking and delicacy and sort of thoughtful filmmaking are just not something you associate with tarantino he's a <laughs> he's a heavy-handed guy yes yeah, it's just like i think he went through this subject matter with yeah a sledgehammer or a flamethrower and uh, but
1: but to be fair like you know i, I like i never expected yeah i knew rega- once i heard that the the charles manson murders were going to be play a role in this film mm. i was like all right this is going to be you know there's going to be some fucked up stuff going on yeah like it's not going to be <laughs> a tasteful <laughs> representation <laughs> of what happened it's going to be like blood and guts and gore and yeah and um i guess for
0: me i'm just saying that it, it's okay to do that with maybe the 1940s and world war Two and hitler but when the i don't know when the people that happened to was like someone just a couple, uh, like, uh, like the people all related to this except for the victim are, are still alive, and I don't know, it just feels a little offensive or something. I don't know why.
1: Um, it is, yeah, it must be weird. Like, imagine meeting Quentin Tarantino if you were still alive and you're affected by it, and you met him, and you're like, hey man, what? What, <laughs> 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 what, what was that about? You
0: know, he's like, uh, like, he's still around.
1: <sighs> um the, Also, the weirdest thing about it, Guardian. Five out of five from the Guardian, one (laughs) hundred percent. Couldn't have been better. Says, "What's that guy's name?" I don't want to shame this man. I just can't believe how it got five out of five. Peter Bradshaw, um you just fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Cut that out. Cut that out. (laughs) Are we
0: cutting? I kind of like the idea of saying "fuck you," Peter Bradshaw. Maybe maybe that could be our new. uh, That could be uh, 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 like we could like we could open every show with a bit of a fuck you, Peter Bradshaw. Or you know what? Here's the thing. Okay, anytime anyone ever sends us in a voice message, can you either begin or finish the voice message with fuck you? Uh, Oh, by the way, fuck you, Peter Bradshaw.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's not his. I don't mean fuck you. I don't wish him harm. I wish him. I think he needs to just. Fuck you doesn't mean harm. uh... Fuck you just means fuck you. I just think he needs to uh I just maybe think he needs to watch it again or something.
0: I think I he I think he actually needs to watch it. I think he needs to stop uh faking his reviews and pretending that he's watched the films because he clearly <laughs> yeah. hasn't watched this film.
1: It's um but it's mental. I was on a uh, I was on Reddit. I always go on Reddit official discussion yeah. after I watch a film and just see what the what the, what the real people are are thinking about it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> And people fucking loved this movie. No, they didn't. People loved it. They did, man. Man. I'm telling you, I went on Reddit and I was scrolling and scrolling and scrolling down through this official discussion, which had like thousands of posts. And like very few people had anything bad to say. There was like one person who was like, oh, like a couple of people were like, oh, I didn't like it, but I think it's because I didn't know anything about Charles Manson. And maybe if I did, I'd like it more. And then there's like one person who was like, this film was really boring. And I thought it was shit. And then. Loads of people were basically hitting him with like proper fuck you, Peter Bradshaw type comments and saying, like, <laughs> oh man, like, you obviously didn't watch the right film or something because it was amazing.
0: Jesus. I, I don't. I, I, for me, I think that the, there's two ways uh, that I thought this would fall flat. I really thought that this episode of our podcast would be the audience would be on our side on this one because it's uh a totally garbage film so i'm kind of disappointed to know that the audience quite like it if that's the case i don't think they will in the long run maybe the first week but when when this goes on a bit longer i think the i think there's no way because first of all you're going to have the tarantino fans so who we were looking for all this tarantino stuff which this film did not have even like the dialogue was not good at all even mm-hmm. the shots, even the the you know, what is usually really clever cutting and really nice scenes none of that was there uh, a, a really gripping tight plot not there, so if you're going there for Tarantino stuff, you're not getting it, and then if you're going from the other side to see some sort of like, you know, beautiful filmmaking or, you know, some uh, episodic, uh, a dream letter to nineteen sixties Hollywood. I, you know, I thought it was completely absent of any sort of interesting idea. And then there is yeah. that whole thing with the the Manson murders and it being, I don't know, this grotesque uh, finish to the film that I don't know. It didn't it didn't rub me the right way. Maybe it rubbed some people, but I don't think it would have rubbed many. It wasn't even clever at the
1: finish. So I don't know. No, it was it was yeah sloppy and just. Ugh. Did did you? I also felt two things. First of all, I felt at times that. I never would have noticed this before, but the edit was the editing was quite strange. Yeah, there there are a couple of edits in it where I was like, "Whoa, that was like quite harsh." Yeah, it was and on like,
0: purpose, but it was weird that it was on purpose, right? Like he, he, you could you could see you could visually see the edits in some scenes, uh, where yeah. there, where there would be a character, let's say, without a hat on, and then you would see a cut, and then you would see the character with the hat on. I'm not sure what the purpose of that was unless to tell us that we are watching a film but then mm. that takes us out and then there's also films going on within the film that could sometimes be an interesting concept but it just really wasn't carried out in a clever way at all
1: and the a large part of what it's getting praised for I believe in the New York Times and the New Yorker they gave it a stellar review as well and they were saying like it's an homage to 60s an era of the 60s and stuff but like, I, I even feel like a lot of the nostalgic bits were like kind of shoehorned in there like yeah. you know like you know that scene where it was just all the the lights on on Hollywood Boulevard flicking on so like the neon yeah. lights would flick on and it just kind of was that just came on and it didn't it just felt like they just shoved that in to add a bit of nostalgia in there and yeah it didn't make me go like oh the old great days of cinema I was just like fuck oh, fuck, another long scene of a little light switching on
0: I think this film yeah I think it's 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 turned you know Looking at the sixties and he wanted to create his own version of that. And it's not real. It's really not a good representation of the sixties because it's so uh dreamy and it's actually almost tongue in cheek. I think you can almost see that in a way sometimes where you have the guy driving really fast along the boulevard and all these lights, like you were saying, shooting up. And it just I don't know, it's really like fake and glitzy and like to sort of sum that all up like it's Tarantino looking at the 60s trying to make his own reality basically he like he twists one of the most famous uh, incidences in the Hollywood Hills to his own you know version and I think he's just creating Mm. his own version of reality and I thought it wasn't really a very interesting version of reality um Mm -mm. yeah
1: um at least he wasn't in it
0: oh yeah oh that's probably where he got the fucking Bradshaw 5 um (laughs) Brad, like Bradshaw's review, just says, he, "At least he wasn't in it." Five stars.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I feel like we could, we could, I could just keep going.
0: We needn't though, because uh, um, if only... we're
1: gonna do the the spoiler special, we should. I feel like.
0: Okay, so for everyone who uh, wants to listen to a spoiler-ridden episode of um, MK Ultra Film, talking just about. Um, Tarantino's latest film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just listen to the next track that we've got in our RSS feed and uh, we'll catch over there anything you want to say Mark?
1: Um, yeah as usual thanks thanks for listening follow us on Instagram mkultrafilm um, mkultrafilm at gmail.com if you have any opinions or anything on the film if you really like this film get in touch if you really didn't like this film get in touch but more if you liked it I'd like to hear I'd actually like to hear some good arguments against anything that we said like I just... I I actually can't fathom what people would think.
0: Yeah, I... Yeah, I would like to hear what um, what they have to say. I definitely wouldn't like to meet the people who like this film, but I would like to hear what they have to say. So if you yeah. do have something to say uh, to that respect, 085? Uh, 08 08 that's my phone number. Or mm-hmm. uh, at MKUltraFilm uh, on on the instagram and mkultrafilm at gmail.com on the email so get to us please all
1: right thanks for listening everybody choosy choos